Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning with Wired to Change. We are your business coaches that help you grow your business to the levels you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And I'm by myself today. And as we say in the radio world, Trinity Gregor French, fresh off of her honeymoon cruise, is on assignment. But she is well. She'll be back. This is our second episode with Susie Silver. You would know her as SusieSilverArt.com. Susie, how are you? I am great. How are you? Good. Glad to have you back. Enjoyed the first podcast, French Fries and Crayons. (laughs) Everybody, you'll have to listen to the podcast before this to understand what French Fries and Crayons means. We got a good timeline for you of how you got here from Pittsburgh to Italy to... Let me get it right. Spruce Pine, North Carolina (laughs) to Gary, North Carolina. With any small business owner, to break into the industry is interesting. Because for some, it's easy. They're very gifted, or they know somebody, or they grew up in it, they inherited something. And for others, it's very difficult because you may be good at the craft, but you have no idea how to market or network or run a business. When did you first decide you wanted to have your own business? It was a natural evolution from a business that my wife and I had started together. Mm -hmm. Then we established locally made market, which eventually paid us a little bit. And through that community, which isn't actually all that long ago, I thought this, this is, this is fun and it's hard and I love it. And I'm going to continue pursuing these things. And at the time I was really working on my own art just because and then it clicked. Okay, somebody may want this stuff, you know, and, and actually it was just an evolution of actually a few people did see my work and they wanted it and how much is it and where can I find it and Boy, that's all a these tough things. question to answer. How oh much is it? You're like, oh my goodness. hang on, I don't want to charge 20, but I can't charge 200, so where's that number right in the middle? <laughs> Pricing artwork is one of the hardest things. And oh, I, I can't imagine. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> and it changes imagine. constantly. So the quick mm-hmm. history for Susie is she moved here 17 years ago and has been, was then, and has been a visual art teacher at Cary High School. Up until you and Ann started, by the way, Redbird Goods, mm-hmm. what was the history behind that name? That, the the name... My nickname is Bird from Anne gave me a nickname years ago, and it's based off of a song, uh, a Fleetwood Mac song, but Christine McVie sang Mm. Songbird. Oh, yeah. Love Christine McVie. Yes. And so that's my favorite in that group. Yep. So good. (laughs) So good. So Bird came from that, and we always wanted some kind of bird. We love cardinals, and that's our state bird, one of our state birds. When my, one of my grandmothers passed, I would see cardinals and red birds come. And where I was at at the time where I was living, you didn't really see a lot of cardinals all the time. And it was the same spot. And whether you believe it or not, I do. I'm with you. That is oh, so powerful. And isn't it? so, and my, and my grandparents were immigrants from Poland and they, oh, really? they came over during the Holocaust and uh, we had family already established, and they were jewelers. They were small business owners. And so we kind of established this out of respect to that story, the red bird of our state, what we would bring to the state in the conversation, oh, okay. and then my nickname. Prior to red bird goods, you were, and I say just a teacher, to say that that was your 
only job then, or were you de- starting to dabble? I have always enjoyed working a lot. <laughs> so yep. I generally, as an educator, you have to have at least another job, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> Sadly, yes. So yeah. uh, I was actually in the service industry for a very long time, uh, 15 years total of being a server, working in bars, uh, on you the work line. Here? Oh my goodness. I worked at, uh, it used to be Biagi's, now mm-hmm. Lugano's. I was at a Redino's. I was at Blinko's. I don't know if you knew Blinko's. I yes, I, I opened the Blinko's that happened to be on Glenwood. Really? And I was there for three years. So if you were there, I was probably No, there. but I know yeah. my son used to hang out there yes. when he was in town, yeah. So Blinko's, and then I took a large break from the service industry, and then I uh, was at Jimmy V's Steakhouse in mm-hmm. McGregor. Great. It was That was a great job. So I just had that people networking vibe always. And then to um, say my other job, I would teach at night. So I would teach adults as well through Wake Tech mostly for many years. And uh, then I started doing my own workshops, hosted with another company, and then I broke out on my own. During the day, you teach at Cary High School. At night, you're somewhere in the service industry. So where were you playing, sampling, trying things out at home? And were they just for you and Ann? Or would you... When did you first start thinking, you know what? I can sell these. That was not uh, terribly long. I'm four to five years ago, if that. And the, the story really is, I went to college. I got my art degree. Mm -hmm. I got my artsy minors and I started teaching and this is before Anne or you know any uh, relationship with her I totally lost myself as an artist and I was putting all of my creative energy into my classroom and that's to not to discredit um, the classroom and how special mm-hmm. it is to me I did not know how to put boundaries on my creative thought waves and I gave every single creative ounce of myself to the classroom and the students. So through many years later, I would dabble and I would start things and not finish. And actually, when we really started dating, we've been together for 11 plus years now. You're so old. Uh, yeah, so old. <laughs> no, <laughs> she hadn't actually, she's never really seen me create at that, at that time. And so in this last four or five years, I just started picking stuff up again and just releasing some of that creative energy and putting more boundaries on myself for what goes into planning and, you know, examples and things in the classroom. So it was, it was really losing myself to then find myself. And really once that artistic part came back, many other things started falling into place. Mm. Business-wise, that interest. And that's when it, there was uh, my mother-in-law's friend, saw something and they had a brand new house and she said I want you to make these three giant pieces and I'm thinking oh my gosh how I don't know I've been painting something that's eight by ten and here I'm doing two 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 or three 30 by 40 paintings oh oh legit big legit big within months of just experimenting with this new technique and material and I did them and they went over great and she paid me for them which was even better yeah and then one person saw this and then a friend saw that and it was it was very natural and I thought I'm just going to follow this sometimes people in your industry uh, and I have a friend that makes uh, clothes for women and she and I have been going around and around for the last year she gives them away and I tell her at least charge for the product so you break even 
and she's slowly starting to charge for the product now. When you were trying to set the price, did you have any, how'd you, how'd you go about doing that? I did some research, artists that I respected at different places in their careers uh, to see where their price point set, uh, where similar styled artists would would sit with their price point. And then after some of that research, I, I took it in, I digested it, but I didn't let that fully inform me. I really thought, well, what are my t- materials costing me? And trying to figure that out, which I'm not the best with numbers, really, but really it's figuring- all right. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. And uh, figuring that out. And what is, what's my time worth? as well. Yes. And that's, that's a hard thing. And then I think what may, maybe your friend went through, or I talked to a lot of artists about this or aspiring artists, they don't feel worthy that their work is worthy or their time is worthy. Yes, you are. And it is. And so I had to get over that for myself and realize <laughs> I can make money from this. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I do not feel like I ever take advantage of anybody with my price point. And if it's for the pieces for them and the price points for them, they will buy it. And if not, yes. they won't. Somebody will. Somebody will. Right. A lot of small business owners don't think through how to price it because it's a hobby. And then it becomes a business. And for some people, it's no longer fun because it's a business. Did you ever roll through that? I've had some ups and downs where I'm in what I call production mode, where I just got to make some work because I have a show that, you know, I didn't have enough time to work on something or I have this piece that I need to give to that. And I just, I can go up and down with that. But usually, and I'm very lucky if I get the inkling of this isn't fun right now, I can step back and take a break. And then I miss it so much. And then I remember where I was really lost and I'm never going to let myself do that again. Is that artistic feel that's tapping on your shoulder after about a week? Is it kind of like dancing? I just have to go dance somewhere. Do you sometimes wake up? I just have to create something. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it could be something where I'm testing new colors and I just go test some new colors and there's no pressure of me actually creating a piece or I sketch with some very simple lines sometimes, but just getting some of that energy out uh, and kind of waking it up as well, then I'm fine. For the listeners that have not gone to your website, suzysilverart.com, how would you describe your style or look? My look is very contemporary. It's very clean, uh, edged work, and it is non-representational, which means there are no images uh, in my work. My work is very much about uh, color, inspiration from nature, and and a little bit more than that. But that's pretty much what they'll find. All right, so yeah. let's give uh, let's do a couple minutes of Coach okay. Susie advice here. All right. So we've got hopefully we've got some aspiring artists listening. They haven't started their business yet. They love what they do. They want to do more of it. What's the next step? I would I would make a list of goals. And what so the goal is I want to do this more. What does more mean? I want it as a business. What does the business mean to you? What does it look like to you? And so is it something that you can do full time? Is it part time? Is it a, you know, what's the scheduling like? Then really the number one thing, I want to do this. I enjoy it. Start something before you're ready. Just start something. Yeah. Sign up for a show. 
Maybe it's not even a jury show. Maybe you uh, can display something at a friend's local business. Hey, I, they've got a cafe. They've got a restaurant. I've got this work. Could I show it to you? Network yourself. Know your worth and just start somewhere. Nothing will motivate people more than a deadline. If you say, right. oh, there's a show May 12th. I just registered. Oh, I better get going. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and artists sometimes, I, I for myself, so I procrastinate, and I am a very hard worker. I work all the time, but sometimes if, if your creative thought isn't there or you're not feeling that creativity, mm -hmm. it is hard to say, I have to produce now. But that deadline definitely will help. And if there's not a deadline of a show or um, a portfolio review with somebody or a meeting, mm -hmm. set it for yourself and have somebody hold you accountable. Yes. So Coach Susie time, as you said, have an accountability buddy. That can go across business altogether, uh, not just artists, but I really do think that there's something lovely about having somebody that cares about you and your work, and they'll hold you accountable in a kind way. Yes, but they'll call you on it. Absolutely. That meter will go all the way yes. up. Like you said, you told me you were going to do this by... Yes. May one, mm -hmm. and it's April, yeah, April thirtieth. Right. Uh, I don't Get on see, that. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see it done. <laughs> yes. How do you, how should they go about finding those open air markets? Those Saturday. How do they do that? I I would go online first, or just go around the area. So a couple things here: social media. That's how most of these uh, smaller events are building. And so just honestly keep scrolling. Find one artist that's local uh, or a couple. Go to an event if you hear about one. Because if they're local, especially in this area, likelihood is you will hear about one of these events. So research on social media. You can research online. There are plenty of websites. Uh, and then a couple other things where you can attend, attend the events. Because then you'll know if your work is a match for it. If you attend mm. an event, not everybody that applies to locally made market has the aesthetic that we're looking for. And we're very clear oh. on our aesthetic. And so a pop-up market that's a very modern place may not be the best suited for a very traditional type of work or artisan and oh. crafts. So uh, a gallery may be your goal, but that might be seem, okay, I'm going to apply to the gallery stuff or... What's right below the gallery? Is it the pop-up or is it? And so attending events will help you understand where your work will fit. And, and you'll know. The artists will know, oh, I don't see anything like mine here. That's either one, they need it, or two, no, they don't. <laughs> and then let me go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and also there are great art organizations. Become members. The uh, memberships are affordable and I have found tremendous benefit from being uh, members of a member of Art Space in Raleigh, uh, VAE, which is Visual Art Exchange in Raleigh, the Durham Arts Council, the Durham Arts Guild. So, and that's all local. I know we have many listeners that are outside the area. Research online, go to events, ask questions, and join communities. Are artists good at paying it forward to a newbie? Sometimes. I wish I had a better answer no, than that. <laughs> so I'm an honest person. Most industries, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Sometimes. That's part of my passion for locally made market. Mm. It's not just fine art. I am a fine artist. I'm a painter. Yeah. Um, I like artisan goods. But we all, we all should 
support each mm-hmm. other. There is, there is room for all of us. There is room for all of us. So the answer is sometimes. <laughs> Which is, I really hope that gets to a yes <laughs> at well, some point soon. That's reality. Right. And a lot of times yes. the business reality is what yes. you need. Going back to your point earlier, talking about friend, an accountability partner. Yes. Usually when Trinity and I are working with somebody, the conversation from me comes up is if you have a project coming up, if you need an accountability partner or you've created something, everybody's got two friends that are straight shooters. They love them enough that their answer comes from a, a good place, but they'll tell you if your stuff is really good or if it just stinks. And I always tell people, run it by those two and you'll know. Right. And so it's the accountability of creating the work. Yeah. And then do you find trusted art art people, you know, art community members that you would trust to look at your work. And also with some of these organizations, they do portfolio reviews. They actually do work oh, reviews. Really? And so you can get really unbiased opinions on your nice. work. Uh, and there are coaches out there, not just myself, but there are people out there that will say, okay, feedback is hard, but we're here for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we're going to do this in a kind way, but an honest way so we can grow. It, 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 in my lifetime, the best bosses I ever had gave me the why after they told me the what, but then they gave me the why so I could put it into context. And it's the same thing because to tell an artist, well, we just, it's not what we're looking for or we don't like that. It, it, you're not really helping them, are you? No. And it, that doesn't help in the way it depends how it's delivered. Yeah. <laughs> and in the art industry and as many but specifically in the arts, you're going to get so many no's. It's what you do with the no's. The no's motivate me. Because you're one step closer to the yes. Exactly. Yep. And my work is not for everybody. And I talk about this confidence of, I call it the click submit yep. feeling. When I hit submit on any show that I'm applying to, I know that when I click submit, I feel as confident as possible with what I put in. And then whatever happens, I have to release because I don't know who's Mm -hmm. looking at the work during the work. Now, if it's a consistency where I applied to 10 shows and I did not get into 10 shows, then I actually might reach out to some of these people and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I know you're busy. I would love some feedback and then take with it, you know, from what I will. What role does social media play today that didn't when you started? It's, it's huge. It's huge for all of us in business. It, it lets people into your brain space, your studio space, your process, which I'm very, I haven't shown too much of my process. I'm very protective of my process, but that will change soon. And so it just really helps people respect you as well. This is, this is fun and it's beautiful, but it's hard work. What should they be posting, either still or video, to Both. promote themselves? Both. I actually post more on my stories video yeah. now than I do in my feed, for example. Uh, but both. And that's just being you, showing your actual face. Yes, you want your work shown. People want to see who you are making the work. That was a lesson it took me a long time to learn. And honestly, in the past year and a half, I've changed that, where... I don't know why people want to 
see my wife and I talking about silly things or the, the painting that I might have messed up or thought I messed up or I'm working on or a show I'm going to. But they do because they care. They do. They've, mm-hmm. they've developed a connection with mm-hmm. you. But the other thing that my reaction to that statement is, for me at least, when there's something I have no clue how to do. And I always, I brought this up in a Toastmaster speech a couple weeks ago. We were talking about something. I said, they're totally unrelated, but fighter pilots and hockey goalies. I mean, split second decisions they have to make. I don't know either, but I would be fascinated to watch behind the scenes. So for people like me who can't paint, my only question is, I want 10 minutes of how in the world that idea started. I can see the end product. I still have no idea what it means because my eyes don't see it, but I want to know what what color literally did you start with right and go from there so i think that's the fascination with it because most of us can't do it oh and we've tried and it's <laughs> ugly <laughs> i support you in your trials <laughs> oh god it's so bad it's again back to my other life trip to russia this would have been 94 i think i was working at turner sports in atlanta and ted turner had created the goodwill games so nobody would boycott it because the U.S. and Russia were boycotting Olympics back then in other countries. So he said, you know what? No boycotts. All the countries are coming. No politics, no nothing. So it was great. So I'm over there for about two and a half weeks, and my wife had to write out a list of clothes of what goes with what. Okay. I had, and I'll, to this day, and I have a grandson, Oliver. I always try to bring him into the, pod, into the podcast one way or the other. <laughs> I will swear on his head the suit I had was green. The entire free world will tell you it was gray. It was green. So I told my wife, if you don't write down green suit, I won't wear it. If you write gray, I won't wear it because I won't see it. Mm -hmm. So, yes, so that's my limitations on colors. So that's why I'm fascinated on how in the world your eyes and your mind saw that to start there, to get to here, to end up here. Yeah, that's the fascination with people. I think they just want to watch it. They do, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how humbling is that, that somebody would want to engage with my work first or me? And so I don't take that lightly. I don't take any engagement, whether it's somebody talking to me about the work, seeing something on social media, purchasing a piece. It is the highest of compliments that I mm-hmm. never take for granted. Oh, that's a validation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially it's nice when it's not family. And, right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. If you really want honest <laughs> feedback on your work, do not ask your family. They love you so much. Yes. And they really are your best cheerleaders when you're trying to take the emotions out of it. And is this really successful or not? I would actually, I do coach people to go outside oh, family. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. my, my wife and I have a good boundary. She can, she'll tell me. And sometimes she really loves a piece and, and I don't or vice versa. And we, you know, it, I value her opinion, but sometimes we still don't agree on a piece, but she will tell me, uh, we have a good boundary on that, but it's hard for a lot of people to get there, especially if they're just starting. Oh yeah. And there's so many emotions going with that anyway, just starting. Well, if you think it's all bad, then you're not going to think, oh, nobody like, they're not going to like any of it. Right. (laughs) Got to get through that. (laughs) I love love that. Have you given thought to doing just that, not teaching your full-time painting, creating, artist, all of that. And I ask, so people who are at that stage thinking about what are some of the thoughts you have and the discussions you and Anne have? Yes. So I am going to be finishing my 17th year teaching. Within the next three years, Mm -hmm. 20 being the latest, um, I will be leaving the classroom to pursue 
all of my business ventures as one full-time thing. So that does include creating artwork and selling artwork and doing some more artistic coaching. Really, I'm thinking about uh, developing some online content that I do in my coaching, but then it's available on a regular basis to, to support this community. And, and so that some people don't have to go through what I went through. If you have, let me ask this mm-hmm. right, okay, the, and, and I use the word benefit, and it's the mm-hmm. wrong word, but you have the benefit right now of Anne's salary. Correct. Okay. If somebody didn't have that, I'm wondering what you would tell them to think about now in that process if they want to quit their full-time gig and go straight to 100% creative arts. This could be controversial. I would really, I would nurture your work, yourself as the artist, get yourself out there and established, and then leave. Some other people would love to just, I got to do this. I'm going to leave. And I have that feeling. I respect that. It depends on where you are in life. I've got two young kids. Mm -hmm. I cannot just up and go at any time. I still love my job as well. It is getting very hard to balance all of the things, (laughs) uh, including creating art. And so that's why I say it's controversial because some people are just, I'm going to, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm good to go. And with art, it does take a while to establish yourself. Unless there's that stroke of luck, which some of us have. Oh, yeah. Something goes Uh, viral one day and changes everything. And then, who knows? It could happen tomorrow, but I would nurture that. Would you say you've made it? Sure. Serious? Yeah. Okay. Because, now, have I fully made it? I am never complacent, so I I will probably never 100% finish the yes because I always want to keep working towards more. Mm-hmm. Have I made it? Yes. Okay. I have people that have engaged with the work. Like I said, we talk about it. Some people purchase it. And it's really been a lovely support to my passion. And it's truly me. And the reason why I say yes, because it's the most authentic version of my art that I think I've ever shown. How do you sign your paintings or designs? My last name. My last name is just Silver. Nice. Yep. It's okay. either on the front or the back. Depending on what I'm using, sometimes I actually can't get the signature yeah. on the front, but they're all signed. Did you have to work on that, or was it that from day one? Interesting enough, my every time I've ever signed my name, which I did way back in school and all that, it's always been the same. It's always comes out, comes so out the same. So Silver's your maiden name? It is. Well, okay. and we kept our, our each other's name. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Susie Silver, how can I give that up? Um, that was my thought. <laughs> so, Kudos yes, for keeping yes, it. Yes. Or if you married into that, even better. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's just my last Silver. name. Silver. I like that. Well, you know, with my family and, and something my... Dad has talked to me about, he said, you know, life things happen and come and go. You can have nothing, but you always have your name. Yes. Love it. And I know that's common advice. And I a just. A lot of truth. The older you get, mm-hmm. it makes more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever made a piece you couldn't sell? Yes. Nice. <laughs> How many do you have in the house? A few. <laughs> <laughs> And some are probably in a landfill. Does Ann walk by and go, honey, honey, come on. It's been five years that thing's Uh, been here. Yeah, there are a few things in the attic, I think, right now, actually. I should have a show that's called It's Not Finished. Yeah, you can't have it. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because some of the things are actually super realistic. They're Mm -hmm. they're image-based. But it's so, I can do it. It's just not authentically me. So no one will ever see them. 
your styles crack me up. And again, I have no artistic ability whatsoever. So the words you, you, you are using going back to your time mm. in Italy may as well be Italian to me. <laughs> First of all, I asked last episode, Manipulation of Media. Right. Love that as a title of the podcast, which has nothing to do with me and <laughs> yeah. you. Liquid media. Mm-hmm. It's described as no brushes or tools were used. I choose not to use brushes or mainly any tools. I use my hands a lot in my work. And sometimes I'll use very uh, unconventional tools like spatulas, (laughs) offset spatulas and um, silverware and things like that. But I don't generally use brushes. So the type of media, liquid, uh, ink, watercolor, what's called fluid acrylic so acrylic paint but in a more um liquidy form and i also use resin at at, on some pieces and so i i just like being more connected to it your mom's kitchen must have been just a mess you're grabbing stuff out of the drawers let me see what i can paint with this she has been spared for most of that i will say (laughs) it is now my house (laughs) my wife is like where did this go yeah Oh, That's it's in the, the studio. Right there, yeah, yeah, it's in the studio, and it's it's and it's got paint on it, so she can't oh, use it again. Oh right? my gosh, paint and resin and oh yes. What have yes. you not painted with that you'd like to try for whatever reason? That is a great question. I rarely, if ever, paint with oils, so it would be interesting to go back to them uh, to see what happens in the chemistry when I mm-hmm. break down chemistry of materials, okay. uh, how would that would react with some of the things I'm working Have with? Have you ever used any of the kids toys to paint? No. Like there's not a little horse that you decided to use the nose and draw and stuff like that. I like have My little advice to you. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Thank you. Make sure something <laughs> and played with it a while. Cause yeah. I go, mop, mop, work. There have <laughs> been, um, children's hands that have gotten in paintings before. Okay. That's I was just going to ask that. Yes. Do they, they probably love that. They, they, um, they know generally I'm working when they're not home yeah. and some of the materials I use have a very slow drying time. So I've got to be very quick to get to them. But yes, there have been a few handprints that have had to be, had to be repaired. Nice. <laughs> Your styles, there's three of them you list. Liquid media, which we mm-hmm. talked about. Then rosin. It's described as structured and manipulative methods of the working surface. Yeah, so so resin is, and so resin is, yes, it's a clear, most people know resin with wood. It's Mm -hmm. kind of that clear or slightly colored glass-like stuff. Uh, I use one that's formulated just for fine art, which means it will stay very clear and shiny for the life of it. A lot of resin's Mm -hmm. yellow over time. This one won't. And so I work flat, so I am pushing and moving and spreading these very liquid uh, fluid materials on these surfaces. And I have to be very careful what I do to them because they always have a reaction. Yeah. All right, hold really your palms out. Yeah. How do you, why is there no paint on your hands? <laughs> I haven't what worked in to, over a week. Stop. <laughs> what do you use to clean your hands after you use them to paint? I, I wear gloves a lot. Okay, right. Yeah, I wear gloves a lot. And if not, people generally will know that I have that worked because painting. it is embedded in my hands for many days. So no, none of these uh, eight-inch-long fingernails you can't Um, use. No. <laughs> That's probably not you anyways. So no. I know we haven't known each other <laughs> yes. long, but I don't no. sense it. The other style you listed is spaces. So spaces, that uh, is really in reference to where pieces have been hung. So different places. 
spaces. So at a spa, in somebody's oh. home. And so the, on that page, there's a lot of examples of where work has been oh, okay. placed. I, right. I do need to update all of those pages. <laughs> Actually, I have a lot of newer work that I would like to I think I know somebody up. that could help. Who yeah, might so that be? Yeah, he's listening over there. So <laughs> I get it now. Yes. The uh, But it, it must be a lot of fun to paint with your hands, though. A great connection to the piece, right? Yes, I love it. And there, there are other methods where, depending on what surface I'm using, if it's a paper that I can bend a little bit uh, or move, that's really... It's, it's really fun, and it is relaxing. There's a, some of the pieces you saw with a lot of mm-hmm. rings and oh, kind yeah. of edges. Those are very methodical. Once I start those, I actually cannot stop them. So I have to know I have a certain amount of time. Sometimes they take hours, and I cannot stop because I work with evaporation. I don't work with it soaking into the paper. And so it's a very intense yet relaxing place to be i have to be only solely focused on what did I'm you doing. take a chemistry class to understand what's gonna stay long and dry quick and evaporate and mix and not totally i took a glaze chemistry class where if you're talking about ceramics and glass okay. i can tell you some of that but no it's through a lot of experimentation do you listen to music when you do this a lot of times i do all what kinds type? Oh, all kinds. What's I your mean, go-to music? I love Beyonce, <laughs> and I love Gaga. I love uh, some classic rock, some folk. Yeah. You know, I'm all over. I love my guiltiest pleasure with music is 90s R&B. Nice. <laughs> so, I, I really, I mean, that's the honest truth. Do your works mirror that? Sometimes. My first big show, I say back on the scene, this is years ago, was called Authenticity. And that show was almost solely created to me listening to Lady Gaga yeah. and and Sia. And at the time, so those some of those songs in those particular albums, I forget which one, maybe Joanne and I forget what the Sia album was. And they're very pop, you know, very now. Mm. But it's what they were saying and the strength mm. in the woman. Yeah. It was the strength in the woman and being unapologetic. And that is what I was doing. I was coming out of myself to create this work and getting over all the stuff that was telling me not to. Mm. And I was being unapologetic and authentic about the work. And so there is, for that show, a tie to the music. How'd that show go? Great. It was awesome. When's the next, uh, when, when is unapologetic part two? It's never stopped since then. Okay. <laughs> it's never stopped since then. <laughs> all right. If you will go to suzysilverart.com, check out all the cool stuff she has on there, read more about her and her story. If you will rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any platform you're listening to, go to wiredtochange.com. That's with the number two. Let us know your thoughts on some podcasts, how we can help you. We will see you next time on the Wired to Change podcast.